Good morning. At least it is for me right now because I am sipping on an eggnog latte. I'm not talking about Dickies and Moose Mugs kind of vibe. I'm talking about Life Boost's eggnog latte flavor. I love this coffee, but even more, last week we had the maple cinnamon French toast. Uh Uh-huh, that's right, maple cinnamon French toast. And let me tell you, it was fan-fucking-tastic. Right now, B is cutting weight for his fight, and so there aren't really any sweets in the house, which is problematic because I have a giant sweet tooth. This, however, is allowed, and it's amazing, and it totally satisfies all of the sweet cravings that I have. Now, I love mine with stevia and a couple of tablespoons of almond milk. If you mix them together, you get like this really thick, like frothy thing going on at the bottom. So when you pour your coffee in, that froth rises to the top and you get this like sweet foam at the top and it's fucking fantastic. Pro tip, you're welcome. I talk a lot, though, about Life Boost flavors, and yes, they are worth me bragging about them all the time, but did you know that Life Boost is here to help the environment, and with Earth Day coming up, it's worth mentioning. Life Boost not only pays their farmers a fair wage, but they are using sustainable farming, which protects the environment and wildlife. They even donate a percent of profits to protect the plants and animals that live in their coffee regions. I'm not sure how you feel about our planet, but I love it. So, not only am I getting a delicious coffee, but I'm also helping the planet I live on. If you're interested in doing the same, Life Boost is offering you 30% with our discount code of UNMASKED. That's U-N-M-A-S-K-E-D for 30% of your order. My spring break is this week. But I'm not fancy enough to be able to take a relaxing vacation to Florida, Hawaii, or even go to any beach for that matter. Since we live here in this landlocked hellhole called Indiana. Just kidding. I love the Midwest. (laughs) And we have Lake Michigan, so. Instead, I am booking myself some me time at a place to float. Floating involves a tank of water heated to a wonderful 97 degrees with two tons of Epsom salt mixed in to allow full buoyancy and relieving all of your body muscles and joints from tension aches. When I'm in the tank, I usually do mindful meditation and then I tend to just pass the fuck out. But I know a lot of us suffer injuries in the gym and we tend to get into our heads a lot. At least I do. And when we had Aaron on, the owner of the place to float, we talked about how this is the one place we can have the space to just walk through those moments of headiness. It's honestly the best 60 minutes of the day. Truly. After which a place to float has complimentary tea or water and a beautiful seating area designed for quiet reflection or just a moment longer to yourself. And who doesn't need more of those? This is truly an oasis of chill right here in the middle of our city. 
If you're interested, you can sign up right online at a place to float.com and use code unmasked to save yourself 20% on your first float. That's unmasked, U-N-M-A-S-K-E-D, to save yourself 20% on your first float. Good to go. We're ready. Are we going? We're going. All right. Awesome. Welcome to Unmasked the Podcast. We're here with, insert name here. Larkin Cooper. <laughs> um, I am a cellular and biomolecular engineer. I do absolutely nothing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I am a CrossFit level two trainer, a USA weightlifting level one coach. Um, I recently became a certified labor and delivery doula. Um, absolutely amazing. I saw that and I literally was like, who is this amazing lady? I could not walk into the same room. I was in such awe. I, in the last like year and a half, had my mind opened to the world of birth. I had absolutely like no frame of reference Um, I thought I wanted to go to medical school and do like orthopedic surgery and then I just like went down this huge rabbit hole and was like no I want to be either a midwife or an OBGYN like that's so that's what I want to do what was the like rabbit hole that started it what was the so I was clickbait (laughs) yeah I um, was listening to a podcast and she was talking about she was a pregnant, um, she was a very successful weightlifter. She was the founder of Working Against Gravity, which is like a nutrition coaching service. Okay. Um, and she was talking about how she was preparing for a home birth. And I was like, who in their right mind chooses to give birth at home like that? I mean, besides my great, great, great grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Before hospitals were made, that's what they did, but okay. <laughs> right, and I was like, "This that makes no sense. And she's like, well, I've been listening to the podcast called The Birth Hour, and I was like, okay, I have to go listen to, like, who, like, what type of people give birth at home. Yes. Um, and then it was this, like, huge group of people who, like um, – it's probably all women. Right. I mean, for 99.9% okay, okay, probably. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and Jr. could never. Right. Um, but it's that for a healthy, like, woman pregnancy with whose, like, chart says there should be no problems, like, the rate of anything going wrong at home is about equal to the hospital. Okay. And it's, like... Um, that you're less likely to have interventions, you're less likely to have X, Y, or Z thing that you don't want to have happen, happen. Okay. Um, and it, yeah, it's like, it was just this, I was like, oh, so there is a lot more to birth than going to the hospital and pushing a baby out. Um, and I saw it that I really love coaching and I don't think I'm too bad at it. Um, and I saw this midwife OBGYN role being like a coach for a woman yeah. going through and having like delivering their baby. And so I was like, okay, I, and it's kind of taboo. Like I like the weirdness of it. It is very taboo. You were the right. only person I know that does this. So yeah, that's <laughs> it's definitely weird. <laughs> when I told my mom, I was, I got my doula certification. She was like, what like yeah when she <laughs> told me about so cool. it she had to explain to me what it was because i didn't know that what the name was for i knew of it but yeah yeah it's super weird title i feel so like. when i had hannah um i had a midwife mm-hmm. and she was wonderful um i mean i 
Hannah was born in the U of M hospital. Sorry, go blue. Um, So she was born at U of M and like my midwife was really lovely and I think I, I don't know what the difference between a midwife, an OBGYN, and a doula would be, but I just remember having a really positive experience. That's awesome. You know? But I think you being a doula is, is so interesting. Have you been able to do anything with it yet? Um, I haven't. Not. I'm working with my sister-in-law. She, um, she lives in Newcastle, and they own a dance studio and a store, and she's very involved with the uh, – marginalized community out there um so she deals with a lot of low-income women or uh, foster parents or foster kids um so i'm working with a couple people there to try to set something up just so that they have some sort of support um as a good way for like me to get experience and to support people who need supported yeah that's so cool. Yeah. That's seriously, that's so cool. And kind of the difference between those three things. So like in OBGYN, that's you either go to uh, osteopathic medical school or you get your MD. You would do the C-sections, like if a mom okay. had something like that or if it was like a high-risk pregnancy for X, Y, or Z reason. Um and then a midwife, they can't do C-sections, um, but they can take care of you during your, like, prenatals, postnatals. Yeah, yep, that's what she did. Deliver the baby, all of that. Um, and then a doula is not a medical provider, that they're just kind of, like, the support person for the parents or okay. uh, whoever's delivering the baby. Um, so they're, like, when you wake up at 3 a.m. and, like, this happened, is this normal? You can, like, text your doula and she'll say, um, I would call OBGYN or, oh, in my not medical opinion, I'm sure that is just, ex- <laughs> like, I'm sure you're fine. Kind of like that person you can text without feeling like you're annoying them. Oh, that's okay. so nice. That yeah. is, it's it literally is like a life coach for this very scary part right. of your life. A life right. coach for giving life. Yeah. 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 And to like help you if something traumatic happens or like once the baby is born, like if you need to like talk through something that happened or just like again like make sure help you process that crazy transition that yeah that just is went through yeah that is a transition that's really cool yeah nice I love that your sister-in-law has that now like, yeah that's I'm, and she's one of like my favorite people in the entire world she was a tap dancer on a cruise ship for like oh, her girl career. same no right <laughs> like just crazy and then um when she married my brother she moved to the middle of nowhere newcastle um and she could have not had like sh- they would have been just fine her staying home and doing whatever um but they opened a boot like vintage boutique and a dance studio in newcastle and are having a great time. You know, I love that for them. That's super yeah, cool. I had a lot of friends. I did dance for my entire life, and a lot of my friends went off and were like cruise ship people. Yeah, so cool. And like, or my theater friends have gone off and are like, I, I didn't do theater on a cruise ship, and I'm like, ugh, must be nice. <laughs> do they get like wasted? Oh yeah, like. It's probably part of the wasted. job. Because, like, what else are you going to fucking do? Yeah. You're stuck in a boat. Ping pong. She's, like, freakishly good at <laughs> ping pong. Like, that that's what they would do. Was 
play ping pong. You know. I don't think I played ping pong since they forced us to in freshman year uh, gym. <laughs> That's how you, I feel like a lot of your sports things are. Yeah, a lot of my sport sport goings, yeah. So how did you get into MMA, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu then? I had a friend uh, that did some kickboxing stuff and was getting ready for something. And I always thought martial arts was cool. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I went and sparred with him and like, you know, knowing hardly nothing. <laughs> And I just kind of got bit by the bug and just started looking at gyms and stuff and took my first fight before I had a gym and that was an eye opener. So I got a gym, (laughs) you know, so that's what stuck because I was a fat kid in high school. So I was, I was, you know, chunky till like my early twenties. Okay. So I honestly, basketball was what I lost a lot of my weight on because me and my friends were playing after like after work. Oh, nice. So. I, I was terrible. Not. I but I was running yeah. around for three hours a day, chasing after a ball and missing right. missing layups and stuff. Like that. If you're under five, whatever basketball. I wasn't. Oh, my I tried to play with my sixth graders at one point, and they were like, "Miss Hoffman, maybe you just don't play with us." I'm like, mm, "All right." That's fair. So what? So what? So you you've got like. 18 different titles you just ran off with, with the weightlifting and all that other stuff and you're you're like a scientist or something else too like what the, right right how did all that like come together then because it's they're all kind of vastly different um so i went to purdue um i knew in high school that i wanted to go into the medical field okay. um and my original plan was to study biology and do the typical pre-med route um, but my dad said, no, you're not studying biology. Um, <laughs> okay. And he said, you needed to have a backup plan for if you decide not to go to medical school. Um, so I did biological engineering. Um, but biological engineering at Purdue is very hard. So here I am in grad school doing something else before medical school because a uh, 3.3 GPA is not good enough for medical school. Oh. See, that's like twice as good as anything I ever got. Yeah, <laughs> it was like... 3.3, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's way better than I could ever... I literally failed biology because the respiration of a cell, I was like, I don't understand any of this. Oh, Goodbye. It's, it's, yeah, the, whatever the weed-out class for one of the weed-out classes is physics 172 and you had to have like a 67 to pass the class and i think i got a 67.2 or whatever to get into the engineering program overachiever oh yeah (laughs) i mean (laughs) we did it uh yeah um but then in college i had done gymnastics that was like my sport in growing up um and a lot of my gymnast friends found crossfit through one way or another Um, it'll always find you. <laughs> even when, you don't, even when you're not looking, it'll you're still find you. You're only so many degrees <laughs> yes, removed yes. from someone yeah, who talks fair. about CrossFit. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I started doing that, um, and then I talked to the owners and coaches and was like, I kind of want to coach. And so then I got my CrossFit Level 1 um, and so on and so forth. And then when I graduated – Um, I somehow made my way down here and just I love all of like the workshops and certs and all of that like going somewhere for a weekend and just like diving headfirst into a thing Um, so I got my L2 and then I the L2 is kind of like how to be a coach um, and I have coached since that's amazing that's super cool so what exactly so you coach CrossFit 
Mm-hmm. And what else? I think you said weightlifting yeah. at one point. Okay. Yes. Um, so I mainly coach uh, CrossFit, which is functional fitness performed at a relative high intensity. Um, and then USA weightlifting, which is um, you do the Olympic weightlifts in CrossFit. Um, but there's not nearly the attention to detail that there is in, like, if you're just doing weightlifting. Do you find that problematic? It depends. So, yes, it can be very problematic, okay. especially with, like, CrossFit doing, like, high-level gymnastics things and those Olympic lifts. Like, there's so much. Um, and no one no one needs to walk into a CrossFit gym having never lifted a barbell over their head or doing a pull-up and then, like, try to do what they see all of these badass athletes doing. Um, So that's where I think it comes in, like, having good coaches makes 100% all the difference. Absolutely. Um, That I know, like, myself and um, a few of my coach friends, like, I would be very comfortable and confident sending my 62-year-old mom, like, to the gym and them being able to take whatever the workout that the 10 super fit 20 30 somethings are doing and make the workout and not scalable. walk out crippled right right um yeah so it fair definitely and we should also give a shout out to lift lab because that is where you are yes and that is how we came yeah in contact and yeah like i i agree i mean dan and dan and everybody is dan justin dan, and justin <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Um, and that's, I think my, that I think I was a good coach in the sense of like kind of that person to person interaction um, and that I was good at like seeing and correcting, I think from gymnastics, but my ability to see and correct the like minute things being around Justin and Dan German, like has skyrocketed in the last year and a half because they are so good at seeing and correcting. Um, it's very it's a very cool environment to be around like people who want to get better at coaching oh yeah, yeah. like-minded people that are right yeah same goal yes similar goal anyways yeah right very cool um and who it's like good to have people better than you at it um so that you can improve like it's so much easier to improve when you're surrounded by people who are better than you absolutely sure oh yeah yeah yeah, I feel that. I'm I feel that every time I go to the gym. Time. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Every time I get always my ass kicking beat. my ass, and yeah. then I'm like, oh, what I do there? Right. Yeah. <laughs> how, you're probably wondering how I ended up here. <laughs> every damn day. <laughs> yes. So, do you do Olympic weightlifting at all then, or have you, or? Um. So I've not competed in okay. Olympic weightlifting. Um. I started like doing Olympic weightlifting like as more of a focus when I started grad school at IUPUI um, and I started working with Dan German as an athlete um, and I was like oh I have not been coached like this in so long like it was very refreshing to be coached Um, and so that was I do Olympic weightlifting as a hobby and something to get better at Um, I have not taken the dive to compete in it yet are you going to i'm sure i would be convinced <laughs> at some point i don't think you can be in that setting downstairs yeah. and not like it's it's really you know, hard to be convinced. around a lot of competitors in whatever sport right. you're in and just go i'm just doing this to stay in shape for right. fun you know yes like you know like going to nap town like you know, we, we roll with it like half the room's competitors right so it's really hard for me to be like yeah i'm not gonna compete i'm just gonna 
you know, fight all these killers every day and <laughs> and just and just go home and ice my wounds and go to bed. You know, like it's I think competing is really scary because you like lose that like security blanket yes. of like I think I'm not terrible, but then like when you go and sign up for the competition and compete, you yeah. like that band-aid is ripped oh, off sure. of like, oh, I suck. Yes. Like I am nowhere near as good as I thought. Yeah, it's definitely a humbling yeah. experience. Right. And I feel like I was telling him, I was like, I don't need humbling. I already think I'm trash. Like <laughs> I don't need someone else to tell me. I don't need someone else punching me in the mouth right. to tell me how bad I am at this. Did you compete in gymnastics? Um, yeah, I competed in gymnastics at um, like the state regional level. Okay. Um, my biggest competition. I, I'm actually also a third degree black belt in taekwondo. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Did neat. you compete in taekwondo? Yeah. So too? I competed. Okay. Let's pause because I definitely once I came downstairs and I was like, Larkin, I definitely stalked you. And then I like was gonna say, what sport haven't you done? Because she's like, I did soccer, I did basketball, like, I did all of them. Like, what haven't you done? Like, um, I got cut from the sixth grade basketball team <laughs> the day before the first round of cuts. I don't mean to no. laugh at you, but you're so good at everything else, so I'm just going to oh, take that one. Yeah. I feel like, you know, you, 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 you tiptoed around a lot of different things and right. found what your niche was, and that's there you that's go. acceptable. Yeah, that was kind of my ball, thing. Yes. I ball sports, I am awful at. And I figured that out at a very young age. I'm not tall. I'm not athletic. You know, <laughs> not ball athletic. Yeah, I'm not right. not ball athletic. I'm I'm punch in the mouth athletic. Exactly. Very different. But that different. was yeah. yeah. But, yeah. So you did you competed at gymnastics and lacrosse? Is that what you said? No. Um, I did soccer oh. in high school. Okay. Okay. Um, because I wanted to do some sort of school team sport. Yes. Um, and my one of my older brothers was very good at soccer, so okay. it's like, well, if Logan can do it, I can do it. Kind Obviously, of right? Yeah, fair, right? If Logan can do it, you can do it. That's, I agree with that. <laughs> that was what got me through Purdue Engineering. Was Logan did this, so I have to do yeah, it. Yeah, Obviously, him. right? I got Show it. Show me, boss. Right. Um, <laughs> but I did soccer, and then my main sport that I did through high school and college was Taekwondo. Okay. Um, Neat. Yeah. So That's I, fun. Yeah. And how had you did you like that? Like, I mean, obviously enough to stick with it to get a third degree black belt in it. Yeah, um, I thoroughly love loved it. Um, it's something that I hope to get back to once, kind of like I have some root, routine in my life. Um, I was not bad at it, so that helps. Like, yeah. you know, if you can compete and win, it's a lot more motivating than 100%. if you're losing uh -huh. constantly. Um, but there was that thing to get better at that that's I feel like I can't do something where it's like there's okay you are proficient like that's it kind of thing I like when there's something to improve on so there's I mean that uh, helps keep you motivated because you're right. like I need to crush this right if you're just coasting by and everything it becomes very mundane and you don't want to do it anymore right so. exactly like brushing your teeth is not fun to do yeah it's no. a necessary evil though right unless exactly. you go to the dentist and your dentist like you need to get better at it, and you're like let me just and then you get a brushing your teeth. Let me montage. crush this doctor. Honestly, that would be I would be much more consistent <laughs> if my dentist was like, "You these five things you need to do." Oh, yeah. But to be fair, every six months my dentist says I suck at flossing, and I'm like, "Fuck you, buddy! I am the shit at flossing." <laughs> and then you floss for the five days after. Yes, absolutely. And I'm like, you know, this is dumb. Yeah. Get out of here. Um. So Taekwondo, did those like did one help the other? 
Yes, uh, very much. So I met my husband. Uh-huh. Um, Please say at a gymnastics meet. It was actually at Taekwondo. Dang it. Um, but <laughs> we both did gymnastics. We okay. both gotten hurt in gymnastics because everybody gets hurt in gymnastics. Oh, yeah, it's grueling. Right, yeah, everybody gets hurt. Um, and my, both of our parents, independently of each other, signed us up for Taekwondo. Um, and we were both very flexible from gymnastics, so we were able to, like, do headshots much Head easier. Kicks, yes. Right. Um, and so that was where we met. Um, my husband went back to gymnastics, um, and he competed at gymnastics through college. Um, and then I stuck with taekwondo as my primary sport. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super fun. That's super so cool. That's, so how many years did you do gymnastics then? Um, I did gymnastics for when I was, like, four to 14. What wow. was your okay. favorite, okay. I don't know, event? event? Is that yeah. what they call it? Okay, yes. Um, my favorite is probably floor. Okay. Um, like Let my- me just, I killed a mean floor routine in the front yard yes. of my parents' house. Yes. My round-offs were <laughs> perfection. <laughs> Love that. Yes. <laughs> If you've not done backyard gymnastics, you are not living. Like, what are you doing? See, Seriously. We, we did backyard wrestling when I was a kid. That's, all, so that's acceptable. That was awesome. Also, yes. The disposable 100%. frying pans crumple up just great, and they don't hurt you, by the way, for Thank any you. listeners out there. <laughs> Honestly, that is a great life hack. Like, when, <laughs> next time I am around my young cousins, I'll be sure to give them some yeah. disposable pans. Just be careful. Yes. The edges do get sharp after a while. It's... Thank, thank you for that P.S. <laughs> Safety report. So, Floor. Okay, what was your husband's event that he liked? Um, so, he competed for the University of Illinois um, okay. as a floor and vault specialist. Okay, cool. Um, so, he was also much better than me uh, at floor and the, also vault. Yeah, vault is amazing. I was I tried gymnastics for a hot second when I was younger, and I remember them trying to make us walk across the uneven bars, and I was like, nope, no, thank you, I'm actually good. My my gymnastics story is I was in kindergarten, oh. and <laughs> I was six years old, and they said you had to be seven to do karate, but you can do gymnastics, and I went to one class and did not participate. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every person like did gymnastics when they were five. Like, yes. I think that's like a universal I think it is thing. too, you're right. Everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Some of us stick to it. Some of us just are like, you know what? Actually, I'm not bitch good at after this. one class and hold her mom the whole time. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it wasn't my calling. <laughs> so, yeah, at a young age, I always wanted to do martial arts. I just never had the money or the time. You know, well, I right. can't say the time. I, I definitely had the time. I've always been broke. <laughs> hey, you don't need uh, money to fight. The imaginary fiend in your backyard. That's true. Exactly. I did a lot of imaginary fighting. I was a Power Ranger at a younger age too. So also a universal life experience. I yes, think. absolutely. Yes, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Except you, could, you were probably the cool kid who could do all the cool tricks that your kid, your friends were always like, do the thing. Oh, constantly. Yeah. As soon as I got like relatively okay when I could do like a flip. Oh I yeah. Think I did a flip at like every football game ever. Yeah. 
because all of my friends wanted me to. Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. I have students like that who are constantly in my classroom, like doing, just doing every flips. kind of flip or back walkover or whatever. And I'm just like, excellent. I think Good if job. I could do a flip comfortably, like there would not be a day that went on <laughs> that I wouldn't do one. I would I'd walk like, into Stop rooms. walking down the, ho- the I would hallway flip like that. into like a room. Oh, yeah. That's my mom said like I did not walk in the house on my feet. Like I was excellent. either flipping over the couch or walking on my hands or cartwheeling Fair. or – whatever wow yeah all the time did so was that ever like a thing that you're like i think i'll do cirque du soleil no i wish (laughs) wish. um now that i think about it (laughs) a lot of former gymnasts work at like cirque du soleil or um my husband has a few friends who are like monkeys in the disney world show yeah yeah, the lion king show yep which Oh, oh the show. Phenomenal. Okay. Yes. okay, so we it's so funny that you say that because then we have a lot of friends who are in the Lion King show or like in those shows. Yeah. Like with the gymnasts, obviously, but they're like the the people who like play whatever. And right. Like one of my daughter or my daughter lived in Florida for a really long time and um she's like, Yeah, my friend Angeline's mom um is in the Finding Nemo show and I'm like, Cool, cool, cool. And then her dad is Captain America at Universal. Get and, the fuck out. Yeah. So like super cash. What a yeah. life. What like actors and gymnasts, wild people, let me just Yes. Um, I think the biggest like proponent of gymnastics in my life now my dad like despite not despised it but he was a, not a big fan of like the sparkly leotards and the like himself hair. like he didn't want it for like himself he, yeah he didn't <laughs> want to wear them or also yes and also he uh was in the army and i have two older brothers okay. mm-hmm. and he was like you are not that girly what are we doing um but then when i eventually stopped doing gymnastics and like started doing other sports he's like oh you're pretty athletic like i see how that transferred to the rest of the things you do yeah and now he was a big big fan of gymnastics there on yeah it's uh, yeah we always watched like the olympics growing up you know so it was was really cool to see all that shit and i could tell at a young age i'm like this is not for me this is this looks so hard yes (laughs) yeah yeah how did your gymnastics like how were your gymnastic coaches um i was really lucky that i had very nice gymnastics coaches. That's what I was going to ask because, I mean, you hear all the horror stories, especially with Larry Nassar and stuff, right. and you're just like, I literally, I can't leave my kid alone with anyone now. Right. Um, yeah, I was very lucky and um, that even before all of that, we had a couple male coaches who were, like, very, like, specific about what they would say and, like, a lot of gyms would let you, like, work out in your sports bra and he was like, nope, everyone, like, leotards are staying on and he like wouldn't uh if we wanted to have like a private lesson with him um he he would like make sure that the parent or another like that there had to be multiple people there um and now there's like the whole safe sport rules that you have to do if you're working with kids in a sport um what is that what did so it was a thing before uh the nasser case but now it's just like almost all youth sports if you're a coach in it you have to pass a safe sport test and it's just rules of like uh if you're traveling to an event this is like you can't do x y or z you can't say these sorts of things this is how you go about reporting um this is what you do if an athlete says that x y or z thing is happening um so just like guidelines for 
handling. It sounds necessary. Right. Yeah. yeah. It sadly is <laughs> yeah. necessary, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Um, and my husband, he's actually an athletic trainer for his gymnastics gym. So, like, he's hyper vigilant about all of that stuff because Larry yeah. Nasser was an athletic trainer. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. like, that, I mean, and especially with gymnastics, like, there's, I mean, one, they're doing flips, and it's like if a kid is following, you're going to grab yep. whatever you can kind yeah. of thing. And there's a lot of, like, uh, torn, not torn, but, like, pulled things in the hip or lower back or whatever. And so it's, like, he has to take, like, five extra steps to make sure that he's checking all of his bases before doing any sort of work on a gymnast now. Interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, it's nice that there's, like, we can prevent that, hopefully. Right. Because that was awful to watch. Yeah. I mean, it was awful to watch all of the girls testify and stuff. And I was just like, ugh, I'm going to hug you. I want to hug you. Yeah. Um, but I'm really glad that that wasn't your experience because, you know, it feels like it could easily have been for so many other people. And, and there was a huge um, scandal in Indiana Gymnastics with the Sharps Gym. Okay. Um, that, like, yeah, it local to – and Larry Nouncer is from Michigan. Well, yeah, and um, Indy Starr was the one who broke that mm-hmm. case. Sorry. Which is insane. Yeah. Um, and because the USA Gymnastics headquarters is also in Indianapolis. Oh, okay. So, okay. yeah, it, surprisingly, Indiana is a pretty big gymnastics I, I'm picking state. up on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I didn't think Indiana was big in anything but NASCAR. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Or, or I guess IndyCar, not NASCAR, but, yeah. Racing it's okay. And, the and, cars, and chew, right? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also that. Yeah. Did you? Um. How was your, like, eating, and I guess for lack of a better term, like body image, like how was that handled when you were in gymnastics or when you were in other sports? Because I think for dancers, it we actually had a course on how to eat healthy because I think at that time they were kind of like oh, dancers are just doing cocaine and cigarettes and, like, hopefully they're not having – they're, like, not right. hitting puberty and they're not, like, doing all this stuff. So was that ever, like, an issue? Um, not – so I was very lucky, like, that I didn't really have coaches who were pointing out X, Y, or Z things. I have plenty of friends who had that experience. Okay. Um, where it was, oh, you need to lose weight. That's why your gymnastics is so hard kind oh, of thing. Or, like, okay, that's okay. why you're not landing your tricks because you yeah. aren't light enough kind of thing. Um, but I was very – I didn't have any issues in gymnastics. I feel like my, like, trying to handle eating didn't happen until I was, like, done with gymnastics. And okay. I was like, oh, I'm not burning yeah, 1,800 yep. calories a day kind of thing. Yeah. Um, How do you – do you coach anyone in nutrition then? Um, just a couple people. And okay. it's um, – actually, I have a woman who's, like, coming back from having a baby. Okay. Um, so, like, working with her in that manner. Yeah. Um, and I've worked with a couple athletes, like, cutting weight for either weightlifting or she was doing a strongman comp, um, that sort of thing. I don't work with too many on, like, a regular basis, though. Yeah. I think the eating part's the most frustrating thing to get to people, too. Yes. Because it's – you can tell somebody to train hard, but then when you tell them, okay, but you can't eat pizza every day, and they're like, Fuck. Right. <laughs> and it just takes, like – if you're going to go to the gym for one to two hours a day or whatever, mm-hmm. but, like, you eat, so, like, 
food encompasses so much more of your day. Like it's mm. such a harder habit to get into. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It, so then it's, I guess it's nice to know that it's not just the person who's receiving the information and having to like apply it, but it's also hard for nutritional coaches to like kind of like gauge where everybody is. Right. And I mean, as a scientist, you know that there are so many variables right. that go into that. So it's hard to be like, okay, well, let's just see you doing these specific macros. And they're like, okay, well, I'm doing it. Okay, but where are your carbs coming from? Where right. are your proteins coming from? And if they're not right, like, or when are you eating? Or like, yes. and the thing is, because I'm working with um, our cousin right now in nutrition, and I am – eating so much more than I ever thought I would be eating Mm -hmm. and I'm not gaining weight I'm like maintaining which is like a completely bass backwards concept to me um but I think it's like doing what it's supposed to be like our guide is doing what it's supposed to be doing but it's like it's really scary you know well it's that your body especially as Sarbanda, and I feel like it's like a women, like <laughs> no, the, it's I, March. This is why we do this. Yeah, this is Women's Month. It's cool. Um, that like you're running on empty, like for so long. Yes. That you don't know how much further you could go and how much more you can do if you were like actually fueling yourself. That you can only burn like once you have deprived yourself of calories for so long that. Like, you're, that's what your body is used to. Like, it's it's accustomed to only running on 1,200 or whatever you're giving it. So you're not going to burn all of those extra calories that women want to burn to lose the weight. So if you can get your body used to working on 2,000 calories a day or whatever it is for that person, that it's so much easier for your body to respond to those nutritional changes and everything. Yeah, I think that's – it's like I said, it's such a, a concept that I didn't – I think if someone were to were and finally, like I told you the other day, I said, "Hey, did you did you read more? Yes. Did you reread it?" Like, yeah, yeah. And I think having it broken down in a very like, I, no pun intended, but a digestible way yeah. that I can understand how my body is working and why it's working like that, and why the advice that Brandon is getting for his weight cuts and his weight loss are not going to work for me. Yes, yeah. totally different. Side it was of, yeah. it. I remember like reading it and like I rented it from the library. I had like 70 tabs on the side of just being like, remember this, remember yes. this. It was wild. Well, and because we don't, one, like even doctors don't get that much nutritional knowledge in med school. Like that we aren't told, especially as women athletes, like how to fuel and train. Like that's not something we are told. And I think it's partially like we're the experts aren't being taught and uh, like in that book she talks about how frequently women's results are excluded from trials because they're an outlier yeah or they're excluded because they're not like they're like well we're not gonna do this or we're not gonna study on them because she's on her period right. and I'm like what like that's a huge but, part of my life yeah, like yeah. what yeah it um absolutely insane and I think the other thing that especially with nutrition and like health fitness in general is people get very bogged down in the like little tiny things like this supplement or this vitamin or these greens or whatever and it's like if you're not sleeping eight hours a day if you're not training adequately and optimally and if you're not eating 
fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, whatever, like it, the little tiny things that you think are making a difference likely aren't. Right. Yeah. Most yeah. people are looking for the easy right. fix yes, too. That so silver it's, bullet. look, mm-hmm. I'm not going to sleep eight hours a day and we're going to go four and we're going to try to just supplement with mass quantities of this right to, you know or, or are you, you know. talking about you personally well you as in you i sleep, sleep like six <laughs> and that's because i wake up a lot okay. but so but yeah I, me it's mass quantities of caffeine yes but i understand they also need to sleep <laughs> <laughs> but yeah a lot of times they're always looking like well i can just drink these greens and, right. and not to worry about eating vegetables and that means i can also eat like a shithead all week and it's fine it's just not the case the best analogy that i've been told is like if you had a jar and you're trying to fill it up that if you were to put in like a rock of eight hours of sleep and a rock of training and eating then like the sand to fill it in would be the correct vitamins the extra supplements whatever but like that little bit of sand is not mm. going to get you there on its own. You need uh, a big yeah. rock. That's it. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that analogy. But, you know, it, from an athlete perspective, you're always looking for that extra mm-hmm. 1%, which totally makes sense because sand is like 1% right. yes. of what 100%. it should be, which is which is a multivitamin or, or creatine or, you know. Right. But I think, like, the general population, and I think it is, like, they feel like they're at that top percent, whereas in reality, like, however mass percentage of the population is not at the point of like needing the one percent improvements whereas mm-hmm. like the top level athletes or those who are like in intense competitions do need those one yeah. percent gains i could see that yeah because that is yeah i could see where that's helpful as opposed to like eating cheeseburgers every day and then being like but i take a multivitamin right and you're yeah. like, no <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not the same it's not the same thing <laughs> As far as, like, diets go, are you just, like, more thinking, like, that full-rounded diet as opposed to, like, oh, you should cut out this, this, and this? Um, So my rule of thumb when it comes to food, I am thoroughly obsessed with the journalist Michael Pollan. Okay. Um, He has multiple books, um, but his kind of rule of thumb is eat food, not too much, mostly plants, which is... And he has a book that um, talks about kind of how he came to this and that it's not low fat, high carb or no carb or keto or paleo, whatever. It's eat food as in real food that either came from the ground or had a mom. (laughs) Okay. Is his rule. Um, That's fair. Right. Had a mom. mom. That makes me so sad. (laughs) This tastes like children. That's not good. (laughs) I don't like that. I'm a vegetarian. I don't like that analogy. (laughs) The other one I've heard is, or uh, has has a face, which is not any better. I like the has. I think that's hilarious. I like them both. Right. Um, So that's mine is I try to eat real food that comes from like the perimeter of the grocery store yeah heard Um, that one the mm -hmm. shop on the outside um and then like so that's what i try to do for the bulk of my food and then depending on the season of life whether i'm trying to like track my macros or not i will supplement with the protein powder or yeah x y or z thing um because it is really hard at least for me to hit the protein number that I would like. To it hit. is really hard. You find yourself being like, I don't want to eat anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I went from, like you said, twelve hundred calories, sometimes a thousand, right? 
running all the time and then having to like eat, eat, eat. And I was, and I'm not even bulking. I'm literally just coming up to a non-caloric deficiency, like stable, whatever. And I'm like, holy shit. And uh, Adam was like, I want you to get 90%. He's like, I don't want you to do two scoops of protein. He's Mm -hmm. like, if you can cut it down to one a day, if not less, he's like, I want your protein to come from actual food. Which is awesome. I'm like, Ah, it's so much food. Yes, I don't. I don't understand the so much food. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I I could like eat until I pop. Yeah, you know, which again is the, some of the differences between her and I. You know. Yeah, me, but you've also been eating that way for yeah, how long? Long time too. And yeah. I have not been eating that way. I mean, I when I started cutting for like. I don't know, like the last, well, not the last one, but the Muay Thai fight, my first one, I was not eating nearly enough, and I had no idea. And yeah. I'm sure that even if you noticed or not, like that, I'm sure that had an effect on your athletic performance Oh, my as gosh. Well. I mean, I can just, I can genuinely see the difference in how fast I put on muscle now. Yeah, that's awesome. As opposed to, like, I could work out and do whatever for days, and, like, all it would just is, like, string me down a little bit but not enough right I was also thinking about water too and Jill had brought this up in the car the other day and she said you have to drink your amount of water that you need to drink every single day and stop weighing yourself every day and I'm like no <laughs> sorry I can't, I can't. that's a I problem can't. but she goes the the reason is because when you fluctuate your weight it could potentially put in an um a thought of like mm-hmm. I don't want to drink much enough water because you're you're seeing the differences on right. the scale and I'm like oh mm-hmm. that's actually a really good point I didn't think about that and I know a lot of people when you like eat because you're bored or a lot of times because you're thirsty thirsty yeah yeah it's a huge thing yeah it's wild and I again I didn't realize that but it is you know getting that 16 ounces of water before anything is probably the hardest thing mm-hmm. I've ever had to do um did you notice or make the shift when you were injured with your arm like focusing on nutrition at all like did you were you Mm, able to do that what it was to be honest was um I sat down with Adam one day because he had just started this he started um his mongrel fitness which he's he loves doing and I'm really excited for him um and and he was like hey I'll coach you and I said okay and I sat down with him and he goes okay here's our game plan and I think it was to the point where I was just like nothing I was doing was working and I am a huge proponent of I'm stubborn and I'll keep doing it but eventually I'll just be like this isn't working something needs to change um so I finally just was like okay something needs to change and he goes well we're gonna start I need you to eat more and I I cried (laughs) I was I was devastated because it's I, I've been so focused on not eating right. that it was terrifying. And he goes, you have to trust me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I did. And so that's kind of where that came from. I just, I was like, I know I want to drop to 122. It's not far. It's not a big drop. Right. But it's a drop. And I go, and I want to be strong and feel good at that weight. And that's where I feel like it comes, like how important having – that coach is like if if he was not able to make that relationship with you for you to have that trust in him like completely different experience absolutely yeah absolutely and it I think too is like I almost I originally I started out wanting a girl coach Mm -hmm. because of the stuff that we've talked about and it ended up I was like 
I mean, Adam is very in touch with his feminine side. <laughs> Helps. Um, Can't confirm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I've known Adam for so long that right. I was like, look, I, I trust you. Actually, he's Brandon's cousin who set us up. So I was like, okay, oh. clearly you know what you're talking yeah. about. Like, let's go. Set us up, married us, all this That's stuff. Awesome. Yeah. But so it was kind of like that thing where I was like, I know that you wouldn't try to like give me advice that wasn't suited for me. Right. And as soon as I started bringing up my period, he literally didn't bring, blink an eye. He was like, yeah, like that's you're awesome. going to be hungry. Like that's okay. Just make sure you're filling up on the right stuff. I right. was like, okay. I, I get it. Okay. We're good. Okay. I trust you and believe you. Yeah. We'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I love that you can offer that to so many other people too. And I'm really excited for like the opportunity in my mind um, – like with this whole doula thing, yes, I think it would be super cool to, especially if it was someone I was working with in the gym, like, hey, I'm pregnant, help. Yes. And then I could <laughs> that, be... Th- that's what I said. Right. I got pregnant. Yeah. Oh. Uh, shit, help. help. <laughs> right. Um, so I want to be that person like, okay, here is our like fitness, strength, wellness, because I mean, the people in the gym, like... The gym is a huge part of their life. Yeah. And, like, so many, like, people are scared to, like, touch the pregnant women because they don't want That's exactly. I was literally just going to say that. I was like, I don't think people. Have you ever seen Apocalyptico? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, where she has a baby while the, like, river is flooding and she's just like, okay, well, now I have this baby and I have to bite the umbilical cord and run (sighs) off and save the rest of my children. I'm like, that. That is what pregnant women are actually like. Right. Like, we're not fragile. And, like, can you imagine if you spend 10 hours a week in the gym or whatever it is, less than, like, taking that away? Like, I, I not speaking from experience, like, I feel like I would go crazy. Uh, yeah. And so I think it would be very cool to, like, have that relationship, support the woman in the gym through her pregnancy, support yeah. her in her birth, and then support her postpartum. Like, I yeah. think that would be such a cool relationship i think that would be really cool to see because i mean you don't see that often yeah. right who's done it i i've not i've searched the interwebs for indiana things that do that and the only common thing is like prenatal yoga mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah but like for love me yoga. like i would love to like i feel like i would add that but for someone to say okay for the next 10 months your physical activity will be walking and yoga i like I would, I would die. Yeah, I would yeah. absolutely die. And it doesn't need to be that. It's actually one of the reasons why I like, like when we met it, and I just fell in love with the sports that we're doing, I'm like, I literally don't ever want to have kids because it would prevent me from doing all of these things that I love. But in reality, I would just have to learn how to work around right. that. Right. And, you know, like, can I get teeped in the stomach anymore? No. Do I like getting teeped in the stomach in the beginning? No. So, like, when, I guess. But, hey, yeah. You know, luckily, I am not pregnant. <laughs> Knock on all the wood we have in there. <laughs> yes. Um, but, I mean, I think that would be really cool because – and actually, Trevor brought this up when we were talking to him is like so many doctors tell you what you shouldn't be doing instead of what you can still do and what they want to see. And, you know, most of them don't train right. or anything. Right. I, I had a little skinny dude try to tell me after I broke my shoulder that he's like, well, you shouldn't be doing anything at all for the first six weeks. The next six weeks, it's super, super light duty. And like four weeks out, I was doing barbell squats. Right. I was like, fuck off. Like, right. I, <laughs> 
because I feel like, and I know my husband and I have had this conversation a lot of times, like there's a difference between being healed and being like a normal person and being healed and being an athlete. Yes. Like, sure, I can walk, but like, can I jump? Can I fight? Can I, like two very different things. Yeah. And I know when I had my concussion, like they were like, okay, you cannot do anything for until you don't have a headache. And I was like, okay, but, like, what if I always have a headache? Or, like, right. my, one, a concussion can cause, like, all sorts of emotional problems, mm-hmm. and then you take away the ability to work out, like, just skyrocket. Which, which yep. helps emotions. Exactly. How did you so get a much. concussion? Um, I got a concussion April of last year. Okay. Um, I was in a car accident. Oh, no. Yeah, I... Um, I was hit by a semi. Oh my god! <laughs> it was. It sounds much more ridiculous than it is. No, it sounds horrible. Um, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> um, I thought I was totally fine after. It wasn't until the accident was on a Friday, and on Monday, um, I had an exam, and I like couldn't process the questions on the exam. Uh, and I had had a headache, but I was like, well, I had a stressful week. I'm not shocked that I have a headache. Right, yeah, no shit. Um, but then, yeah, concussion Yikes. lasted to forever. Jeez. Yeah, that sucks. quite the, cause like, I feel like it's very different when you hurt your ankle or whatever, like, okay, I'm not going to do something that hurts my that ankle. ankle. Exactly. But it's like, how do I not hurt my head? Like yeah. very different. Yeah. Uh, training protocol or training, like, ideas. But I was overjoyed when I, like, finally went to the doctor and they were like, yeah, you can do some, like, light. Act. Like, I was I – was, <laughs> Great, bye. I was ecstatic. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you had your concussion, that was really scary. Yeah. I, uh, I had a bad weight cut, so then I didn't rehydrate well enough and I got punched and then <sighs> – It's – yeah. And it's – I, it's crazy how little, like, the medical community n- knows how to handle concussions. Yeah. Like, I felt like the entire treatment was, like, trial and error of, like, we'll try this, we'll try this, we'll try this. Until I mean, the brain in general, they don't know a hell of a lot. No. <laughs> Everything is trial and error. We're going through a lot of, like, um, uh, mental health, like, medicines right now, and it's, like, well, we'll try prescribing you this, but, you know, if you feel like thoughts of suicide and you're like, what the fuck? Right. Like, what? Right. That's your that's your option? Insane. I was really glad I started with a new psychiatrist in uh, December. And she's like, okay, before we start, like, changing meds, doing uh, – techniques to like handle things let's go to a blood panel like let's see what all of your levels are at um and it was like my vitamin d was i had like none my testosterone and estrogen were like crazy low and she's like okay well no wonder you feel like shit yeah you all your happy things are right (laughs) (laughs) right and i had not had a like healthcare provider like Let's try to find the root cause it's before insane. adding Band-Aids. It's insane. The way that our – I mean, the way that we perceive everything is just bass backwards. It really yeah. is. I was telling him, I was like, I think so many – if we all had a psychiatrist dedicated to, like, our house or a therapist dedicated to us specifically and, and every single person in this country had that, and it was available to us, I think so many of our issues would be gone. Yeah. Yeah. 
because people would just be happier. Well, yeah. I mean, not only that, but like we could work through toxic masculinity. We could work through addiction. We can work through, you know, gang violence. Like we can work through right. a lot if we can talk to people. Yes. And the stigma behind mental health is is so awful. it's awful. Just yeah, just like on the street, like you know, somebody's at a green light, stopped for two seconds, and somebody's honking vigorously and flipping you off. I'm like. And I'm looking at me, and I'm like, why is that guy so mad? Right. And I just drive off. Like, you know, for me, because I get the appropriate levels of vitamin D, <laughs> and I exercise, I, I get punched in the mouth on a daily basis. It doesn't, you know, like. Yes, we definitely joke about your mental stability on the regular Hannah and I. Well, like, in the best way. Like, Hannah goes through a lot of, like, depression, um, bipolar runs in, on her dad's side. And she's like, what is it like to be normal was it like to be neurotypical well, to be fair i don't think i'm normal okay i think that's i think that's the abnormal is most i'm kind of just like a jedi like when shut up <laughs> shut the fuck up shut up i hate you so much well it was really funny with my friends after like going through all of this concussion treatments and stuff uh like my doctors were like yeah you definitely have adhd and as i was like going through i was like hey did you know that this is a thing with adhd and they're like i'm shocked like literally tiktok dude yeah like i didn't know i potentially had adhd until tiktok was like do you have all of these and i'm like but i, I do everyone but i do <laughs> and it that's exactly what happened with hannah she's like think I have ADHD and I was like no you don't and she's like but I do <laughs> oh okay so we'll figure it out now yeah but they had her on every I mean they had her the last medicine not to like completely air her dirty laundry but like honestly she doesn't care and this it's again that stigma right it's like right who cares um but I'm like she's funny because she goes um like her doctor was going through the medicine that she was going through and uh I was researching them, and one of them was for schizophrenia. And I was like, honey, no. we, we That's not something – like, you don't need that. You need right. something else. And they were just – it's interesting because they're so hesitant to give her ADHD medicine. Interesting. Like, she – we have to go to an actual, like, psychiatrist to get that diagnosed, to get it mm -hmm. then prescribed. Because her doctor was like, I'm not giving that to you until you have an actual – diagnosis yeah. and I was like but the diagnosis is $1,500 but otherwise like, but the, but schizophrenia meds are like yeah sure 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 right oh those. it's I had never been closer to a mental breakdown when there was like issues with my doctor because I'm like I see so many doctors yep. and this many pharmacies or whatever and I was like I promise like I'm not that crazy I just would really like to have this prescription like, yes <laughs> please yes and I actually um I went in to her doctor finally I had talked to her doctor but like I just went in because she's 18 sure she's 19 now and once you turn that 19, you are the sole person right. who does your stuff. And I go, but are you telling him what we're seeing at home? Like, are you telling him? And she's like, um, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, my God. Jesus Christ. So we went in there and I was like, look, I am not like because I think she was telling her what her mom would say. And I was like, they're probably thinking I'm just, like some crazy person who right. can sell your Adderall. I was like, I'm a sane human. Like, help me process this. And I think we're finally on this, the good path. But it's like, 
you almost need a life coach right. or someone to help you. It's it is so hard to find a therapist that one you get along like yeah. that you align with and two that you can afford. Oh my god, yes. And yeah. that you have time like it's if nobody tries to set up very few people try to set up an appointment with a therapist when they're like my life is great. Yep. I'm doing so well. Exactly. Like people try to set up an appointment with a mental health provider when they are at their not lowest. doing well. Yep. Exactly. And it's like, okay, well, great. That appointment five weeks from now, we'll see if I'm really still help. here. Exactly. Yep. So now we have a bunch of signs that are like suicide hotline signs, like all up in our house. They actually, okay, I was, people think this is not funny, but I think it's hilarious because dark humor is oh, my 100%. only kind of humor. But it's like thinking of killing yourself, and then it's like the number and a happy emoji face. Yeah. I, just I, like, I think that's better though, because like you, you, you might crack up when you see that or right. something, which releases endorphins and might make you feel a little better to make that phone call instead of just. Oh, you feel like shit? Call this. Like right, that doesn't yeah. that doesn't help anyone. Doesn't you know? No. Yeah, I feel like shit, but now I'm now I'm pissed off and I'm not gonna call it. You know. I am a big believer in uh, respectfully joking about all of it. Yeah. Oh sure. <laughs> uh, we have to. We yeah. have to keep joking because it's just it's such a like you said it's it's so it's stigmatized that it's like what else are you gonna do? Right. You right. know. But. Um, I, I'm excited to see where your doula phase takes you. Meet yeah. And it was, I saw it as a route to get into like the birth world before I was a, like a medical provider. Yes. Um, and I feel like I really, what I enjoy with coaching is like that relationship aspect. Yes. Um, and so I was like this, I pro- I might even enjoy this more than some of the aspects of like being that medical provider. Um. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, that I have a couple of people that my sister-in-law has, like, spoke with that should pan out well um, to get some experience, and I'm very excited. Yay. Yes. Very cool. I want to talk really quickly about your adorable dogs. 100%. <laughs> yes. If I really quickly Do I'm we like, have another hour? I know. No <laughs> I love them both. So you recently, what is your dog's title now? Um, so my dog, Rue, she is a therapy dog. Okay. Yes, she is a certified therapy dog. Um, so she is trained to, like, be a good dog. <laughs> and, like, and, like um, I love that. <laughs> she, she knows the command, go say hi, and oh. she'll go and say hello to Where whoever I tell her to do go it. go for that? Um, it's an organization called Pause and Think, like P-A-W-S, okay. Pause and Think. Um, and they train and certify therapy dogs um, and set up relationships with different venues around Indianapolis that you can take your therapy dogs to. So oh, wow. So you would be like um, the dogs who went for like the Sandy Hook victims who mm-hmm. just like needed yep. something. Okay. Oh, um, that's so amazing. And they actually have... Are you actually Wonder Woman, basically? Oh, definitely not. I, yes, definitely you are. Just not. say yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> it's fair. That's okay. Um, they actually have a partnership, and I, the, I'm blanking on the organization, um, but it's for children who are something bad happened, and they're, like, having to be interrogated. Yes. Um, and so that the dog goes and, like, visits with the kid before and after the interrogation, and it's this whole spot where, like, the 
social worker, the police officer, X, Y, or Z, whoever has to talk to this kid, they come to this space with the kid instead of the kid having to go to go the police to the station, station, go to the yeah. hospital, go Boy, X, Y, stress. or Z. Yeah. Right. And then the dog is there and they can oh. pet the dog or tell the dog whatever they need to say. And it's, yeah. That yeah. is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I am so grateful for both you and Rue and all the work yeah. that you are going to do soon, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, we've gone. You, you might be the first superhero on this podcast. <laughs> you are saying. actually. Rue can be the uh, first superhero That's... on the podcast. She, she Can is. she be on the podcast? Oh, <laughs> she would love it. Great. She would love it. We will figure that out <laughs> for sure. She um, has gone to a nursing home a few times and um, a place called Brooks Place. Okay, I think I've heard of that. Um, that Brooks Place is an organization for kids who have experienced loss in their lives. Okay. Um, and they go and they, like, hang out with other kids who have gone through something similar. And they do activities, whether just to have fun or to, like, feel the things <sighs> they need to feel. I genuinely wish I would have known. This is the kind of thing that I'm talking about. Is like, I wish I would have known as a parent right. about this place. Because I had no idea. Yeah. And yeah. Hannah, when she lost her dad, we were just like... Right. They actually have a summer camp. Oh, wow. And I am so excited because Rue and I are going to summer camp. Oh, my God. I am so excited. If you don't come back with friendship bracelets. (laughs) Um, I made stickers to give out to, like, the kids. Because, like, not all of the kids, like, want to interact with the 50-pound dog. Um, Oh, what kind of dog is Rue? She's a little tiny yellow lab. Oh. Yes. Um, yeah, she's adorable. Um, but I made stickers that say Rue's crew on oh, them to give out to the kids. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. That's so cool. Yeah. And it was very, Rue, um, I do not condone or like encourage anyone to get a dog during college. 100%. A lot of responsibility, a lot of time commitment. Uh-huh. Um, but if you get a roommate who decides to get a dog and then is incompetent in caring for the dog, then it's a great thing yeah. that works out because you get a great dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I feel like you're speaking from experience, but, you know, not, maybe not. Possibly. <laughs> um, but that all of my friends at Purdue, like, when I told them about Ruby becoming a therapy dog, they're like, oh, my God, she's going to do so good. I don't know how many times she consoled me after a oh. failed exam or being homesick. I am like, literally yeah. going to cry. That yeah. is amazing. I love it so yes. much. She is great. And so cool. I have another dog. His name is Remus. Oh. He is also wonderful. He just, he was a stray. Like Remus, like from Harry Potter? Yes. Okay, love that. Love it. Yes. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, <laughs> he is a stray and... I have no idea how he survived as a stray for the first year of his life. Um, but, okay. But he loves pillows and candy now. That is his what? life. Yeah. That's his life? That's his life. Pillows and candy. Ugh. I love so, that for him. Yeah. Yeah. He is living living well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Yes. We have, yeah, we have a couple of rescues that are, like, the most spoiled. Right. Like, yeah. they do whatever 100%. the fuck they want. Well, because they deserve well, it. <laughs> all of our dogs and cats minus one are, are rescues. So, the, the couple of the cats literally ended up on our porch one yeah. day. And we were just like, all right, well, I guess you're coming home with us now. Yes. So That was weird. That was a weird day. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Brandon smile so big in my Cause life. Because I was like, what the hell's wrong with the dogs? And her and Hannah were outside petting these cats. And I was like, <gasps> They were baby kittens. Oh, I mean, they were, they were probably 
What did they say? Three well, we months. Took, we took them to the vet. One was three months. One was six months. Wow. So they were babies. That's. Ugh, I love kittens and puppies. All I of love them. them all. Yes, I love them too. Um, we with living in the middle of nowhere, we get a very large number of people who like dump their dogs. Oh, I hate that. That we've like seen people stop on our road like push their dog out of the car what? and drive. I hate that so much. Yeah. I don't know how I would I would end up going I, to jail. I would have chased them down. I know. I was like, I would have shot someone by it's, now. Oh, yeah. But we have gotten so, like, so many of our dogs have been strays that are just great dogs and I, I don't understand. I don't understand. At all why people get dogs that should not have dogs. It's no, one I, of my least favorite it's things It's kind of the, the same thing where you're like, what, if you have a child like, and you're going to treat it like that, like I don't understand why, you're, why you have yeah. it. There's I, an option. You don't have to have that child. <sighs> so upsetting. But you have adorable dogs and I that's do. so wonderful. I do. And you're – so who – because I – like I said, I, I'm a big fan, huge fan, gonna fangirl. But your Instagram had a, is a Border Collie or Australian Cattle Dog? Mm-hmm. Whose dog is that? That's um, that's Remus. Okay, She okay. is an Australian Cattle Dog mix of sorts. Okay, yes. Um, and who was his twin in that picture that I saw? Oh, today. Um, so it's been fun because, like, I had Rue... Uh, so like in college like none of my friends had dogs okay um, but now like all of our friends yes. have dogs I love it um, and so two of our friends they have two dogs who come over frequently um, and his name is Milo Ugh. and he is the cutest dog he's I've ever really seen. cute and, and he's like salt and peppery too right yeah, yeah and it's fun because Remus was a stray we didn't get to see him as a puppy but now Aww. it's like we kind of get to see Remus as a puppy oh, because he's there but and it's fun to get to see like neither of our dogs were like our dogs technically when they were puppies. Yes. Um, even though I definitely woke up multiple times at four or five a.m. to let Rue out. Yeah. But um, yeah, still do. <laughs> um, but it's fun like having all of our friends get puppies. Yes. It's quite fun now like them coming over and then them going home <laughs> yes yep that's exactly that's, that's how we talk about like right kids too <laughs> yeah well, like we also have friends who like have dogs or like i'm really sad because we used to live across the street from a guy who had this really adorable pit bull and she was black and white and her name was eclair and so, literally, I would come home sometimes watching Brandon just throwing Penny over the fence. Like, just like, like here you go, play with your friend. Yes. And they would play so hard. And it was really lovely. And, I mean, if you say Eclair's name to Penny, she's like, what? Triggered. Yeah. Yes, she is. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's Are we like going? Are we going? so sad. But, like, we, we have a friend who they bring their giant, like, golden retriever poodle mix over. Yes. And he'll, they'll play with them. And. It is. It's really fun to have like dog friends. Yeah, friends yeah. with dogs and <laughs> and have a fenced-in yard that they can go play in. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's my house. Tends to be the uh, group. Like all of the dogs come to our house because Perfect. we have the big enough space for. Oh yeah. Now does Remus dogs? like to like play, or does he just like to chase and be chased? So Rue is the one who is friends with everyone. Okay. Um, Rua and Remus are very similar to myself and my husband. Oh, okay, okay. Very similar. Okay. Uh, Remus is happy to be invited and, like, happy to be there, but not necessarily the biggest fan of, like, going for it. Yes. Um, but he has a good time. If he can have a bone, then he's great. That's so funny. <laughs> but Rue is friends with 
everyone. That's so funny. Penny is a cattle dog, but she's mixed with a Jack Russell Terrier. And I said, <laughs> who the fuck thought this was a good idea? Right. <laughs> a psychotic nuts. person. She is – if anxiety was a face, it was our dog. She's crazy. And she – but she loves to play, but the way she wants to be played is she just wants them to chase, chase. her yeah. or to chase something. Yeah. And I'm like, so when Honey, our, like, pit bull hound mix, tries to play, she sounds like she's going to rip your face off, but she's just, like, really excited, <laughs> excited. to play. Right. And Penny just is like, the fuck, bitch? Step off. <laughs> it's wild. It's They're so all di- so different. Yes. That's really funny. Our friends with the Milo, their first dog, um, she was a half poodle, half pit bull lab. Wow. And that's she, an interesting. Yeah. She looks, uh, she reminds me of Monster off of Muppets. Like <laughs> she's, she is wild looking. Um, but she is so smart um, and so anxious that like they tried everything possible to crate train her and like she started like injuring herself trying to like get out of the oh crate gosh. like it was it was just not they tried everything um but we have a dog door and she came over at like nine weeks and just like went right out the dog door and so then she came to our house when our friends went to work okay and then they were like okay we're gonna get a less hot like a less high maintenance dog and then milo is an australian cattle dog poodle mix yes and that feels again like a terrible mix (laughs) but he's he is a very good like he is about a million times calmer than their first dog so our like penny jumps probably like five feet into the air to just ward off any delivery person. <laughs> yeah. And she is very smart. We tried to do the talk buttons with her, but she wanted nothing to do with it. I've wanted to try those too. Do you follow um the Stella or Stella the talking girl? Yes. Okay. Yes. She's she's really cool. I think her mom was like a speech pathologist or something. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I we tried. <laughs> nothing. With how much time I like devote to my dogs and my friends' dogs, like I am anxious for the day that if any of us start having kids like how much like I don't know how it's going to be possible (laughs) like it's it's just going to be insane it'll be a lot of fun yes it'll be crazy fun yeah and the the cattle dogs will make sure all the children are in one spot at all times you'll never lose them (laughs) (laughs) very true oh my gosh Dude, it's been so much fun to have you on. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for coming into the studio and eating our cheese and crackers. Yeah, there were lots of interesting points. Lots of interesting things because you do so much, which is really cool. That's awesome. This is super, super cool. Thanks. One of my uh, favorite, like, quotes is the jack of all trades. Yep. But a master of none. But There's more to that. Yes. Right? Yes. But, um, but sometimes, oh, shoot, sometimes... A jack of all trades is better than one. Something yes, along those it's lines. Something like that. Yeah. And I totally butchered it. That's okay. But, we'll but quote it. We'll beautiful. Quote it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah. I didn't know there was more to that. And when someone told me, I was like, well, see, that makes way more sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's way Hell better. yeah. And it's so much better. It's so much more fun. 100%. <laughs> Yay. Thank, you. Right. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very so much. much. Bye-bye. <laughs>